0: Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another off-season pod. I've had to bring back Nom again. Nom, how are you, mate?
1: Yeah, very good. Just uh, kicked off the World Cup and uh, got a few good matches in, so it's good that uh, footy's back.
0: Yeah, good to see that Daddy Luwai couldn't carry the Samoan (laughs) team without uh Nathan Clearaly, but surely he'll be <laughs> due for a call up soon. That's a salty parameter fair talking, obviously.
1: That's a, I was gonna add that. Yeah. <laughs> but um you know they say uh Cleary's half Samoan or half Tongan, So he's
0: fine. <laughs> get in there. Well look mate, I thought we'd jump on as a little quick one. We wrapped up the 2022 season in our last pod, we went through some of our preseason predictions. I thought it wouldn't be fair to also wrap up the Super Coach season because As you know, I am your defending double champ, obviously taking out the Podmasters uh, comp and also taking out the Boys and Bands Draft League for the first time, holding my two championship belts high and, you know, really carrying the league with some prestige as it's been missing the last couple of years. So I thought, hey, I did pretty good in Supercoach this year, maybe my draft board and you guys have always laughed at me in my league. I've got a big XL, different colours. Nom's currently viewing it right now on screen share. Nom, what do you think about my board?
1: Yeah, look, I I love the colours. You know, it's got... A, it reminds me of the Manly jersey. Um, you know, <laughs> the rainbows going on. Um, Yeah, look, it's... it's You've got a system and obviously it worked for you. So, uh, look who's laughing now, right?
0: Well, look, I thought just to wrap... To do the finish of the wrap-up, let's go through it because I've got some wins. I'm definitely going to take some victory laps, but there's also some, some stinkers. And I'm already looking at a couple of them and I'm laughing already, so... Let's quickly run through my first round. This is a 12 man league. I'll run through the 12 names, and you told me a couple of goods and a couple of bads because I've got it already here. So I uh, had Turbo as number one. I really wanted, I really avoided trying to put him there, but I just had to do it at the, at the end. Cleary two, Teddy three, Latrell four, which was my first big gamble. Munster five, Pappenhausen six, Nico seven, which was another one of my gambles. Cody eight, Fafita nine, Grant 10, Cherry 11, and Haas 12. So I think there we could say that the Latrell and the Hines shouts, probably the better ones there. But I think really goal-kicking in a good team, you probably had to make those picks.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, well, I mean, Latrell, he hasn't really missed a goal in the last, like, two months of footy. So he was just on an insane streak. And then you got Nico Hines. I mean, well, you know, pe- people predicted he was, you know, round one, round two. But, yeah, to take out... um Yeah, Dalian, I mean, it was the highest overall, I believe, um, at the end of the season. Um, Yeah, he just, uh, yeah, completely blew everyone's expectations, didn't
0: he? Yeah, and my two flops in the first round, and I say flops because they were flops, Cody Walker at eight and Fafita at nine, they were probably legacy picks. I was really, I kind of was, it was late in our draft prep when I had the fifth pick and I knew all the fullbacks would be gone. And it was a choice between Munster, Hines, and Walker. They were my my selections. I went Munster, thankfully. Uh, I was going to go Hines next, and then Cody was my last one there. But I had him in there as legacy picks, Cody and Fafita. I won't make that mistake again this year. If I do want to fade someone, I will fade him. Um, but, yeah, Cody's inconsistent, I could never get it going. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Cody Walker, he was just, yeah, too,
1: a lot more downs and ups. And then with Fifi, I mean... Yeah, who knows how he's going to get used in tight
0: ends there. So... Let's go through the next two rounds. So we got round two and round three. This is players uh, 13 to 36. So just a couple of guys that were flops in terms of the board. I had Cheese at 15, which is a big mistake. I, I've probably went a season too early. If you think Cheese is going to dominate the, at the Roosters, I probably went a season too early. I had Reese Walsh at 19. Probably too high. That was my Re- resource fanboys page going too hard there. And then really, AFB at 26 was bad. Josh Pabali'i at 28 was bad. And probably Connor Watson at 36. Other than that, everyone else in that next two rounds, you know, you have your Crimes, your Hughes, Burton. Connor at, o- there at
1: 23.
0: Which was a good trade chip that turned into Tesco for me. So I stand by putting him there. That was a, for the value was there at 23 for Kalen. And when he was on the field this year, he actually played all right. Didn't play as poor or as inconsistent the last couple of years. So I think overall the first three rounds we said every year, you've got to really hit those first three picks. And if you, you know, feel like after the draft, you've made an error, you've got to quickly make some trades to fix them. But I think this year was a pretty strong top three rounds. I think the the guys that we thought were going to be good were good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tony Stags. I mean, he's all, he's always had so much promise there. see so he had him at, you know, pick 31. It'll be interesting to see where Staggs go next year. I mean, he has the potential. I mean, you know, Marnie was never a super coach player, and then this year he's just gone to another level. So, um...
0: Well, look, he was my fourth centre wing. I did have ahead of him Garrick Tol at 20 and 21, and then I had Joey Mano at 27. So I hit the first three. Uh, obviously, before the injury, but then yeah, stags that was my big, you know, put my stake in the ground. I think he's gonna have a great season. Mind you, he had, I think, three or four centuries, so he really went big on some games, but then some games it was a 19 or a 20. So I think the next round is where it gets crazy. My round four, if you look at the rest of my board, there's good, consistent players. Round four, I must have been on crack because this just running through them. I had Penkai at 37, I'd come off the bench McKinnis at 38. AJ at 39, Lui at 40, I'll take those two. But here's where it gets wonky. I had JFH <laughs> at 41, where he wasn't dual anymore, I made that mistake. I had Matt Dufty at 42, thinking that he was not inspire the Bulldogs to a great season. Toops at 43, okay. Your boy Schuster at 44, oh. Mr. Average 19 for the season. Tino at 45, Jaden Campbell at 46, Jason at 47. I'll take this as a mini win. Not many people had him in the top four rounds. And I had SJ for one last great season at 48. I think that's my bat. That was, I can't even remember. Who did I pick from this in my draft league? I would have picked Tino. So I did probably pick the best player out of that round in the actual draft, but there are some stinkers in there.
1: Yeah, I probably fell for, the, for this trap and picked Schuster up pretty high up there whether it was my third or fourth round oh man it's it's gonna be hard to live that one down but um well, what else do you have and I yeah I think,
0: I I, think I mean, Dufty's is du- had- the biggest L of the of the draft ball because he yeah. I don't think he played six games and I had him I had him as let's have a look at my at my rankings on the side there look I had him as the 11th fullback so once you factor in Dual positions, but realistically, if you're spending a fourth round pick on Duffy and he's out of the league within 10 rounds, I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, on-
1: everyone with- wanted that Johnson, um, sort of Sean Johnson sort of feel good story, which never quite happened.
0: Sean Johnson, Reese Walsh, it was meant to be, you know, one last great season back at home, but never lifted off. Really, the next round I think is one where there was a lot of value. So if you look at round five from 49 to 60, so you had Brimson who had a good season for the Titans. Saifidi, who played well before his injury at the Knights. You had Sam Walker who played a great season. Kick-Out played a great season. Lodge, at the end of the season, came in for the Roosters. Your boy, Will Kennedy. Zach Lomax, Val, Holmes, Clemmer, Yo Sexton, and Braley. Some good value around five. This was a deep league, and I think the thing that really uh, stood out for me, in Classic especially, you could go pod this year more than most years. You know, I kind of, if I'm just looking down at my list here because one of the guys I picked up, you know, mid-season. Um, let's just move over here. So I had Justin Oldham as the 24th center in Coach for 22. I picked him up at around round 15 in Classic and rode him to the end and had a couple of centuries. This was the year, if you wanted to go pod, uh, whether it was in Draft or Classic, there's value all over this board up until round 12 and 13. I can see I had Bo Firmore, round 12, pick 144, who finished a top three or four sec two RF. So this was this was a year where if you wanted to go be potty and if you wanted to try and, you know, as we do in our draft nights, you know, hold the laptop close and don't talk to anyone about your incoming picks. And as soon as someone snipes some two picks before launching with some swearing, this was the year four because it was a fun, it was definitely a fun draft. I think in classic, you know, even if you had a bad week, you could make it up with a pretty good trade the next one.
1: Yeah, 100% some good value there. Um, I can see in the next round, you had Dylan Edwards in the sixth round. cheese, um, he had a good year. I mean, he's, you think back, he's always had sort of injury-affected years, but, you know, he's actually stayed healthy this round. And, um, yeah, I think he wasn't would have been like a top five fullback.
0: Yeah, round six was a good one. You obviously had the Fox. You had Dillbags, Josh Curran, who started the season great. Your boy, Kula Matangi, my boy, towards the end. Norfolk edwards Uh Obviously, uh, Welch got injured, but then Ola Kowatu at pick 61. Um, it was a really good year. look at round seven as well. Campbell Graham, Fotoeka Frazell, Mulatalo, um, Fogarty when he came back. Jack Bird had a good season. This is a deep league for uh and I think the scoring is up. There's great players all over the board. Let's let's move down the board and We'll have a little bit more of a go here, then we'll quickly go into some position things before we go. So let's have a look at round 16 and 17, because these are the ones where normally your players that can really make a difference for you. So let's just run through it. We'll go. So the first pick in round 16, I had Jason Saab at pick 181. Britton Acora who I was very very down on at pick 182, Junior Paolo, 184. Let's keep going across here. Got a couple of misses there. Sioni Katoa at pick 190, uh, and then Ikavalu at 191 because I didn't know who would be in that wing spot. Pick 193, Talakai. So if you if you if I stuck to my board, I could have had Talakai and then bit had Timoko, Adam Elliott. Uh, who else do we have here? Jazz, RFM. And Greg Mars, you had as the last player to get picked. Just in those last two rounds there, you got guys that were like, oh, I guess he he's the biggest one of the, probably the biggest L of the draft board. I had Sean Lane, I pick 173 in the 15th round. So this just shows you, even guys who had a good season like I did, if you, go, if you believe something at the start of the season and you're just like, it's going to happen and this is the way it's going to be, you can really put yourself in a bit of a hole because, You've got to be able to adapt because you look at even the round before, round 14, Dom. Moylan had a great year. Cobo had a good year. Tungle had a good year. Dearden was there. There there are some players that could win you rounds in round 14,
1: 15, 16, and 17. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Sean Lane. I mean, who who, who would have thought? He pretty much got power up to the grand final with uh, his performance in the prelims and the semis. But, um, yeah, it's... it's you're, you're completely right. It's one of those years where you look, if you want to potty a bit left field, um, definitely value to be had, especially in the later rounds in draft.
0: Yeah. And I'm just thinking now, I think the big thing I've learned is I'm not going to, if I see a talented player, let's say a forward, and I'm not quite sure the makeup of that forward pack is he second row, prop, lock? Is he on the bench? I'm just going to go with it because I'll give you a great example. Pick 115 in the 10th round I had Joe Tarpany who was actually my second player in round one I put in the app for Classic. I knew he was going to have a good season. I didn't know that he would have 80 plus, but I knew if he got on the field, he was going to perform. And he was, I think at the start of the season, I want to say he was about 460, 470K. It felt like a good price for a guy that could you know, jump into that 600, 700 uh, volt. So in Classic, I was so high on him, but in Draft... Because I was looking so much at value, I dropped to round 10. Mind you, I still ended up picking him. I ended up getting him, I think, in round eight. I went a little bit early on him. Um, but it shows you if you and Sean Lane is the other great example. If you think a player is good and you're not sure how the minutes and the lineup's gonna shake out, if he's a good player who will make it work, pick him and then you can swivel off it if you need to. Because for me, he's the one where I was look at that going, and I remember Chris had him in our league, Chris Roachan, it was really he was shopping him those first, like, you know, six to eight rounds. there was who wants Sean Lane? I'll take your half good centre wing for Sean Lane. Who wants him? Who wants him? In the end, it nearly got him to a grand final.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um Yeah, yeah. I mean, we always go back to Sean Lane and, you know, Joe Taubner, he did me dirty last year because, you know, <laughs> Sticky uh had in in and out of the team. His misses was getting on the socials, but... um yeah, I mean, next it'll be interesting what happens uh, next year. Whether you know these guys can actually, yeah, continue on with these almost like career best form or whether they'll have a little bit of progression Watch your space.
0: Yeah, and I think there's that's the thing for me at least when I look at Supercoach for next year, it's going to be you know target the good teams. You know, if it's a bad if it's a bad team but a good strike player, you know, pick them. And again, in draft especially, it's just going to be for me whatever I feel like. You know, I might have a thought now in October 2022. Mm-hmm. If I kind of have the same thought in Feb twenty-three, April 23, stick to it. Because that was the one thing for Munster for me. I knew all and we kind of spoke about it at the start of last year. Off the booze, new kid, contract year, it had all the makings. And you know, as we got later in the season, you know. Latrell came up as should I take Latrell early? Should I take Cody Walker, Nico Hines? Do I just take Grant as the best hooker? But if you've got that thought early on, like I did with Munster, I'm just gonna roll with it. And I'll tell you a very early one. And I'll give you a sneak peek for my 2023 prediction. I if I had to put money on it right now, Nico Hines is going back to back with the Daly M's. Wow. He is a top he is a top three pick for next year. If I have the third pick and Cleary and Teddy are gone, I am taking Nico Hines. I, I just had a podcast with Chris going through it. The team is not going to get worse. He's the only star impact player in that team. He probably won't score 38 and get a record again, but he will, anytime the Sharks will win a game, he will eat up three points naturally. And that means no, he's going to thought... have the ball in yeah. his hands, the ball in the foot. It's all going to be him.
1: It's not a bad shark, considering uh, he is goalkeeping for that sharks team as well. Um, you know, you know what? Where I'm thinking is uh, it will be interesting where Turbo goes. You know how? Mm. I guess two seasons ago we had Turbo, you know, slipping to the second round, and then because he was injured, and then I mean,
0: yeah, Tur- Turbo and Papenhausen—they're the two this year in the, the wild cards.
1: If yeah. you're if you're a top three pick.
0: Do you feel comfortable mortgaging your season on Turbo Puppy? Because if you don't, and they drop to picks ten and eleven, or you know something around there, all of a sudden they're healthy for a season. I'll tell you who I'm really interested in: to how high he goes, because I have a feeling he might be a top four pick, a top a top four round pick last year. I had him around thirteen this year. Joe Suwali. If he's going to be on the end of that rooster side, getting better and better, can he be how I thought Stacks could be this year? Could that be Lee next year? I just find that one to be an interesting one.
1: Yo, I guess with the Roosters, you they've got like you know three fullbacks in the small cup. I'm interested to see how far Marnie goes. Mm. I reckon he, I wouldn't be surprised if someone takes him round one in our league.
0: Okay. Great question. So let, let me throw it to you another way. So we already know, we obviously went through some of the players. Is there any jewels that will swing you this year? I'll give you one. So if Munster gets fullback and 5-8, oh, and you can swing Care Munster between those, has he become a top three player? Because he played a lot of games of fullback last year. And the games where they lose Pappenhausen, you know they're gonna swing him back into the one jersey. I just feel like that's the one that I, I'm very, very positive they'll give him the they'll give him the jewel. I'd be shocked if they didn't give it to him. But is there any other players? Um, I couldn't think of any of re- like does Heinz go halfback only? They're the type of ones. So does anyone lose a jewel or get a jewel that you just go, okay, that's gonna change my mind because. I think the beauty about Hines, especially in classic last year, you could swing him around into both positions. If Munster turns into that again, then I'm all in for it.
1: Yeah, that'd be very yummy if uh, Munster gets the door. But yeah, with Hines, I, I don't think he'll. Surely he won't keep the fullback, right? I mean, he's. We well, he played one.
0: He played all... one game there, and I think it's yeah. a minimum of three or four from memory. So, I feel like you're gonna see a lot of players in that top one, like Latrell had one game of center, so he's not going to get a center one. Everyone else in the top four that I had there in the top 12, the only potential duel I see is Munster, which could be very, very tasty. And you kind of look in the next round, there's no one really there who's going to get a duel. You look into the next round again, Manu will keep the fullback center wing jewel, so he will be a very, very handy player to have. To me, it's going to be one of those ones where Every year, we look at the jewels of who loses and who gets. Like Fisher Harris is a great example for me last year. When he was at fullback and second row, you can kind of swim around a little bit and have some fun with it. If he's only going to be a prop, there's no value. He instantly drops from, you know, potentially round four, round five down to round 12, 13. So someone like a Munster getting the duel when no one else, no other first round pick will be duel eligible, could be, you know, in a buy around. Or if you got an injury, it could be a very nice one to swing around because then you can have the option of going. I want to have Munster and dual bags. I want to have Turbo and Munster. If that falls the if somehow that falls the way in your draft.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I reckon they'll probably be a bit more stingy with the tools, and then to leave them open to the option of adding them back in because you know you have an example of um. Uh, the who's that? Who's the Cowboys? Um, Drinky Val he, he made his Origin debut this year in prop. uh, oh, uh Gilbert. No, 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 not Gilbert. Koda, oh, Koda, uh, yeah, Koda. Because I think he pl- he he started off with Joel was a hooker and second row. and then he ended up playing prop for most of the season. So I think to avoid that situation, I think super, uh, I think super coach might. Be a bit stingy and put a lot of like single positions mm. to leave them up, open to adding positions later on.
0: Yeah, because you got to look at someone like look at the Roosters, like you had Keery and Sam Walker, both had the jewels, but both stayed in the six and the seven all season. So now, does one become a six only, one become a seven only? Again, it, it's going to be fascinating because that those are the type of things that can bring a player up a couple of rounds in a draft board. And in classic, you know, we always love a jewel. And, you know, at the start of the season, I picked as many jewels as I can. And I think at the end of the season, I had two left. And really, in those last rounds, I wish I had some more to swing around a little bit. So put it this way. If Munster gets a duel, he's 1,000% starting on classic side.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if he's if I get a th- pick three or lower, I'm picking him. So he's one I'm definitely looking at. Uh, and obviously, like I said, with Nico losing it, how does he now, is he as highly owned as he was? That's one I'll definitely be looking out for.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. But, mate, we might just leave it there. Um, always fun to go back and have a look at it. I think this season, like I said, was a very, very fun one, not obviously just because I won and being a reigning champion, but I think it was one where there was players winning you rounds where you didn't think. You think of Edric Lee sitting on your bench with a 161. Um, you look at players in Classic that you're like, oh, I'll take a punt on them, and they end up being really good and just staying in your side all season like a uh, Joe Tarpeny um and i think next year with the introduction of the dolphins and the buy rounds is going to add an even more bit of flavor uh to an already crazy super coach schedule so mate i think it's going to be one of those ones where we'll talk more in the off season um might have some more heart-baked ideas and some you know some overs and unders on the draft positions and stuff like that but uh thanks for coming on mate and again you'll be on very very soon again
1: Always a pleasure. I can can see that your minds are already ticking over for next season, especially with that sort of 17th team. So, yeah, very interesting to watch this space.
0: No, thank you, mate. And thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great day. We'll hear from you soon. Cheers.